Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Last time I said uh, it's a somber edition and we probably will have a more positive one the next time we talk. Uh, turns out I lied. Another somber edition. We're losing our highest rated recruit from the class of 2020 in Elijah Clark. Uh, guys, just break down what we're losing in Elijah. This one feels like it's a big loss. Yeah, I mean, you're losing a kid who is the highest rated recruit, not just since in that 2021 class, but since 2017. Um, he's a top 250 kid, number 227 for us. Um, he's a top five kid in state. Uh, he was bouncing between safety and cornerback for Rutgers a little bit. Uh, yeah, this, this is a tough one. There's, there's no, uh, sugarcoating this one. It's a bad loss. Um, he was projected. Yeah. He was first team in a first team safety in the spring. This is, there is no way to sugarcoat it. He is, this is a really, really bad loss. And he's probably going to arrival. It sounds like up North a little um, he's going to go rejoin his teammate, his former high school teammate at Syracuse, it sounds like. Um, it's not 100% official, but it most likely will be official in the next day or two. Uh, yeah, I mean, the transfer portal give us, the transfer portal take us. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, this 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 kind of feels like a kid who, if, if this happened like five years ago, there's no way they transfer. Like, a lot of kids are unhappy after their freshman year, but they're, they're not willing to go sit out a year at another Power 5 just for the hopes of more playing time. Um, and Clark was a guy who he was one of the first true freshmen, if not the first true freshman who saw playing time this year on special teams. And then he started getting more, more time in the secondary. So this one's just kind of confusing from a fan's perspective. Yeah, I know. I know he dealt with some injuries. Uh, he missed the last couple of games of the year. Uh, but yeah, like you said, he played, you know, when he was healthy, he played, you know, you know, at safety and corner, they needed depth and he came in right away and, and played well. Um, I remember he had like a diving interception at one point in the year. I forget what game Michigan that was. State. That was Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan State, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he has all the tools. I, you know, I remember seeing him as a recruit. He's a very good player. Um, I remember watching Camden in the seven on seven. Him and Chestnut actually were were really good. So, uh, yeah, like 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 we just said, man, big loss for Rutgers. Um, you know, you can never have too many young young good good cornerbacks and everything. Safeties, defensive backs, whatever. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big loss, but um, you know, Rutgers, I'm sure we'll, we'll move on from this and, you know, grab somebody else possibly or, you know, see how that works out. Now you said the chestnut thing and I got to bring it up. Obviously it's, it's, they're so stupid for not taking him at this point. It looks like, yeah, it's yeah. a big yeah. at this point. He, I get it. Like he probably wasn't a first day starter all conference player for Rutgers because the big 10 is not the ACC, but. He, he looked pretty good this year. He even looked pretty good against Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was yep. beat a couple times. He was burnt a couple times. He's a little slower than the average cornerback, I guess you could call that. Um, I think he tested really poorly. I think it was like a 4 8 40 or something. Maybe maybe slower than that. I forget what it was exactly. Yep. Yeah, but, that, uh, that one felt a lot like – remember Keisha Garrett from back in the day? Um, we got a teammate, I think, Sam Bergen. He was a kid from Stroudsburg. He went to Virginia Tech. Uh, yeah. He was a guy who Greg didn't take because he didn't meet that speed profile. Then he goes on to have a, like an all-American career at Virginia Tech and he got drafted by the, the Redskins or Washington football team now. And he ended up 
from going from like a six round pick to being a starter. And then he had a career ending injury in the NFL and couldn't play anymore. But uh, yeah, I think, he, I think you guys are right. You might be a little too rigid with his rubric. And I think there needs to be a little bit of wiggle room there, especially for a kid who could be influential, but yeah, looking like yeah. a bad not take. Yeah. And I know Chris said he was injured, but according to his mom, I don't know. Yeah. Mom's on Instagram posting about how he wasn't injured at all. And now the coach <laughs> didn't want to play him. She's probably going to comment on this and hate on me now, but it is what it is. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, there's there's going to be all kinds of stories out there between his side of the story, Rucker's side of the story, and the truth. That's how it always yeah. happens. We all know mm-hmm. that. Um, it is a little intriguing to see a little a couple of the other Instagram comments. JoJo Bermuda is kind of a little salty, it seems like. Um, what do you say? Good riddance? Or, no, he said my fault. Good choice. Good choice. Good choice and my fault. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's like – I, I guess what are, what are you gonna do there but um you're kind of the reason you lost your own commitment there so i don't know what to tell you buddy but yeah. uh there's there's no sugarcutting that one um just <laughs> so, Ch- so, so clark and chestnut are like best friends right yes best friend yeah. um yeah. yeah played all throughout i think pop warner as well as high school middle school whatever mm-hmm. I call it. um yeah no they're very very close and that's why it seemed like Rutgers was gonna land chestnut and then they just kind of like, Ooh, no, that test, yikes, do it again. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I know, I know on the boards, everyone was talking about Chestnut eventually transferring to Rutgers. And now it seems like it's, uh, you know, it's, it's going, it's going the other way here. So, yeah. I mean, this is a weird situation too, because I mean, Dino Babers is in hot water up at Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Like, if he has another year like this year, he's not coming back in 2023. So, it seems peculiar that they would both go up there and then they'll probably both be free agents again the, the next offseason. So. And that's where Temple comes in because Preston Brown, with all his connections, is now an assistant uh, yeah. coach on full-time staff. And then Temple becomes pretty okay. Mm-hmm. We'll put it like, okay. That's, that's, I'll never say good, I don't think. Yeah, I think when Chris Ash said that, you know, Temple was not a team we're recruiting against and then continue to get beat by Temple for recruits. I think mm-hmm. Greg actually means it, and Greg actually won't have to rec- to lose recruits to Temple very often. It'll always happen every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But I think any guy we want in South Jersey or the Philly area, we're going to land over Temple moving forward. I yeah. hope. I like the thing. I like to hope. Well, that, that's why I find it's interesting now, because now Temple has a Philly guy – a former Temple uh, assistant coach at Stan Drayton. They're gonna they're gonna be better. They'll, I'll admit it. They will be better. They they're weighing in some guys. They got Corey Palmer a couple classes ago out of Camden. Also, mm-hmm. I could see them probably pushing for like a lot more Camden kids now that Preston's a full time assistant. I think there's gonna be a ton of focus on South Jersey. And end of the day, this no one really is talking about it. This is um this is a Fran Brown guy in Elijah Clark. Mm-hmm. They were yeah. very very tight in this this kind of stings a little from a perspective of a uh, friends. So now it's like, all right, I guess you, you're going to take your lumps, but it's not, it's not a good look for uh Rutgers at the moment, but watch, they'll go land a transfer and cover up the news and then good news, bad news. <laughs> yeah, do you think Fran's losing a bit of his luster around the program? Because I, I mean, you know, I, I thought about that the other day. Did you see the picture between him and Marquis Watson? Yeah, the Fran yeah, used to I be forget. dressed in all kinds of crazy like swag, and now it's just like, Fran, what are you doing? You're dressing like yeah, now he looks like he's coming from the country club, he's got the yeah, best song like, all the time. Yeah. And you see Marquis Watson just showing up, and I love Marquis, he's the man, but he, he just <laughs> got a little bit of drip to him. Yeah, I I mean, every program needs an infusion of youth on the coaching staff just to keep the energy high, to keep you know. Yeah 
mm-hmm. like the relativity to kids high. Like Fran, I mean, he's getting he's in his mid thirties now. Marquise is only like twenty six, right? Oh, Coach yeah, Watson, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's he's probably going to be the the new like. High energy guy. Not that an older coach couldn't be high energy or middle aged coach, but yeah, I don't know. This picture, the picture with Marquise and the all all the two race. So I saw the picture of I I thought I saw Muhammad put up that picture. I didn't see Marquise in that picture because I think it's like a lot of like red and black light. So yeah, yeah, it's it's really dark in the in the picture. But uh, he um, it's Yusef. Um, what's the other one? Yusef Toure T O U R E. Solomain mm-hmm. Toure, T-U-R-A-Y, Fama Toure, T-O-U-R-E, and then Vabu Toure, T-O-U-R-E. So, yeah. I mean, if you, if you can get two rays, it's just change, change a mascot at this point. So, the so are they all high-level football recruits? I know that there are several in that family outside I mean, of – Yeah, Fama is a, I mean, clearly a high-level kid. I think he's top – I don't know what he is for us. Uh, a top 15 top 14 kids something like that oh wow um i don't think yousef or solem i i correct me if i'm pronouncing this wrong <laughs> solemn i don't think either of them have any offers yet but size wise i mean solemn's a six four two sixty five guard it's pretty good um yousef yousef sounds like he might land a couple offers lower like g5 type things i don't know for certain and then uh i think vabu who's 2024 has syracuse and Rutgers already so, I mean, like, interesting. Yeah, just it literally just offer his entire family have a pretty good team. So I kind of want to talk about the transfer portal in terms of like defensive backs. So mm. it was kind of surprising how many defensive backs we were kind of looking into in, in the class. Not, not as many as linebackers, offensive line or wide receivers, but we were kind of like exploring it a decent amount. Mm. Um, we had some good depth, hypothetical depth last year, but that obviously is thinning out with, guys leaving now with Elijah Clark leaving. Do you think this is an area that they try and like look into a little harder now that when like spring guys transfer out, do you think we go after one or two more defensive backs, depending on how things go? I, I think they take a look into the portal. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously you lost Clark. You lost a couple older guys. Well, not older. You lost Najee Jones, who was a fifth year senior mm-hmm. who just actually committed to Kent state. Then you lost Darius Gooden who went to UMass um so you are losing some dudes and then at the end of the day there's also a couple guys on the roster that just haven't seen the field at all and have been here for what two three years i guess actually it's it's been depleted a little bit now too um yeah i mean you gotta hope christian braswell comes back healthy um yeah that's that's huge yeah he's been training nonstop. um down in the dmv with one of the top trainers over there who i'm supposed to talk to this week or next week i forget exactly when i have that on the schedule but um other than him, I mean, um, Abraham's back. Izzy and Young are back. Igbenosin is going to play a ton. Mm-hmm. I'd even argue – I've been saying this, I think. I'd, I'd argue Igbenosin starting at safety and bouncing Young back the corner. I mean, I think I think Igbenosin is going to be our best defensive back next year. Like, based, If he plays two-thirds as well as he did in the bowl game, I don't see any way he's not our best defensive back. And that's including somebody like Max Mellon. He was phenomenal in the bowl game. Now that's where it stings. His brother was so good. His brother's better than him. And it's like – I'm still holding right. out hope that he ends up back here. I mean, living in Mississippi, I've never lived there. But it's it's <laughs> culture shock, man. Like, you can go down there for a weekend and, you know, it feels different. You feel the vibes, whatever. But living in Mississippi – for a kid from New Jersey, like it's not an easy adjustment for everybody. So mm-hmm. if he doesn't yeah. play right away and he sees his brother balling out this year, Lane Kiffin's rumored for every job that opens up, like they're not going to be as good as they were this year. They're losing that corral. They're losing a lot of talent. 
So we'll see. I, I don't think that one's over. No, I could see them hitting the portal a little bit too, especially because there's there's rumors out there that Chris Long's going to flip back the wide receivers. And then you're down yep. to what? One, two, three, four, five. So you're down to six cornerbacks. That's mm-hmm. not ideal by any means. But who knows? Maybe you flip another wide receiver back to DB. I know uh, in the past we thought Carnell Davis had a potential at DB. Um, other than him, I don't really see anyone off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Rashad Rochelle because he's so athletic, but – that's just a, that's just a pure guess on my stand from my standpoint, um, but yeah, I, I do think they'll end up pursuing another corner. They're pursuing another linebacker. We talked about Mike uh, and Lorenzo yeah, yeah. McCas- McCaskill, very unlikely, but they are showing interest in him. Uh, he's out of Louisiana, I believe. Yeah, Louisiana Lafayette. They've had mass exodus of talent after Billy Napier left for Florida. They have so many good players. They they've had a you know, a few guys commit to LSU. They've got another. Billy brought, Billy brought like two or three with him, didn't he? Player yeah, wise. some guys went to Florida. Like they, their roster was loaded. And they had one of the PFF had their offensive line as like a top five unit in the entire in all FBS last year. Like Billy Napier did a fantastic job of building that program. Um, but yeah, so they they have a, a linebacker named Lorenzo McCaskill. He's led their team in tackles the last two years. He entered the portal and almost instantly, surprisingly, his first offer was USC. Mm-hmm. which you don't usually see. You usually see a small trickle of like smaller level offers and then you get the big ones. So he's reporting offers from USC and, and uh, in Missouri. Uh, this one feels like a guy we're not going to land. He's, he's originally from Michigan. He went to junior college for a year. Um, got one year of eligibility left. We obviously need a linebacker. It's been a priority in, in the, the portal for us. We haven't landed any. Um, but yeah, we've got a couple guys that looks like we've started following recently as linebacker uh, transfer portal guys. Yeah. But. And then um, on top of that, I think the only other guy we've talked about or haven't talked about yet is uh, Steven Stolanos. And yeah. it's, I, I know I posted an update on him yesterday. Um, it's kind of interesting because I was talking to him last night. He told me Iowa's coming in and Iowa, obviously with tight ends, mm-hmm. does a phenomenal job in producers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have an in-home visit with them, right? Yeah. They have like about, they're going to have an in-home this week with them as well as Temple and Rucker is going to visit again. Um, I don't know who's going to visit him with Rutgers. I would assume probably tight ends coach Nuns and Shiano because Gleason already went. I could see Gleason maybe double doubling up and going again. Uh, but he'll be on campus this weekend. The only interesting thing is I would watch out for Iowa. If Iowa offers, it's going to be very, very tough to beat out Iowa. Um, I know Virginia is also very high up. It's his home state. He just came back from an official there. So it sounds like it might be a Rutgers-Virginia battle pending Iowa offering. Uh, he actually told me he's going to visit Rutgers uh, this weekend, the 22nd, 21st, whatever yep. the hell it is. And then he told me he tentatively has, and he these are his words, not mine. He has a Syracuse visit the weekend after, which leads me to believe there's probably a decision coming before that Syracuse visit. And that might have just been a visit he scheduled, and now it's just like, all right, now I don't mm-hmm. know where to go because I kind of I kind of know where I'm going to go now. Meaning it's either Rutgers or UVA. Maybe Iowa jumps in the mix and lands on a late visit from him. It's possible. Um, but I do think it's Rutgers or UVA right now, and that's going to come down to the wire between relationships with Rutgers, with um, – who was it? I don't even know. Who was um, his first offer? Why can't I think? Joe uh, Susan. Yeah, Joe Susan. Yeah, Joe Susan at Bucknell was his first offer out of high school, so they have a relationship. Ty Kwan was a wide receivers coach at Lafayette when he was there. And on top of that, John Garrett worked for Shiano down in Tampa and was the head coach at Lafayette uh, two season ago before he got let go, I think, last year, this all season, whatever it was. So there's a ton of Rutgers connections there. Um, 
it's just the UVA, the pull from home is always going to be there no matter what. So it's going to come down to probably the wire with this one, at least. Yeah. You got to hope that he's turned off by all the turnover at UAV. It sounds like Brendan Armstrong is coming back though, which would be huge for them because I mean, he's a complete stud quarterback. Um, I'm surprised he's coming back honestly, but I mean, he's not like the most physically imposing guy and he's also a lefty short so he's more of like a really really good college quarterback not necessarily a high level nfl prospect but we will see we'll keep you guys updated on that situation because i do see him continuing to roll in offers the longer he stays uncommitted uh he's just also picked up a pit offer uh like yesterday i believe but yeah but it doesn't seem like they're a factor supposedly well that's good um but we did have some good basketball news this weekend. Chris, tell me what you saw on the team on Saturday. Uh, what what changed uh, in the second half, do you think, of this game? Because it looked very similar to the Penn State game for the first mm-hmm. 20 minutes, and then they just completely turned it around. I've, I can't remember Rutgers' team coming out that hot out of out of the second half, into the second <laughs> half before. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it's kind of been – It's it was kind of like a tale of two halves. I mean, I mean Rutgers fouled, fouled a lot in the first half. I think uh, Maryland was shot 15 free throws in the opening 20 minutes and only had only had four foul shots in the second half. So I did a really good job, you know, you know, without fouling there. Um, they obviously shot the ball better. You know, Ron Hopper Jr. just caught fire. was making the bang three pointers similar like he did against Michigan a couple couple games ago. Um, the offense just, you know, shot the ball better, obviously, as a team, too. And um, yeah, they just, you know, they played they just played a lot better. I mean, Maryland. Um, they got some rim. I feel like they got they had a ton of offensive rebounds. And Maryland, I mean, uh, Rutgers kind of hung in there and, and played better uh, in the uh, you know uh, rebounding wise. So yeah, it was kind of mostly mostly Fallon and Ron Harper Jr. catching fire. I mean, uh, it's a big 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 road win for Rutgers. I know that's a lot of talked about for fans and everything. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. So I mean, they have Iowa coming up on Wednesday night. Wednesday night, eight thirty at the Jersey Mike's Arena. So. Uh, tough game maybe for fans if they have work the next day or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I was very, very good team. They score a lot of points. They're fast. They're efficient with everything they do. Uh, Keegan Murray has been excellent this season. Um, it's kind of, kind of surprising to me. I, I didn't think he was, you know, great, uh, you know, from watching him last year, but he's been playing very well, obviously, one of the leading point scorers in the league. So, uh, yeah, Rutgers would definitely have his work cut out for it on uh, Wednesday. But, yeah, you know, again, that win against Maryland was huge. Uh, especially coming up for that Penn State loss. They didn't play well. And, uh, yeah, the second half, they just played so much better. And, uh, yeah. I'm looking at uh, their uh, Iowa stats now, and <laughs> Keegan Murray has been on a fucking tear, man. Those last yeah. seven games, he's averaging almost 29 points a game. That's mostly in league play as well. Uh, they just went to Minnesota and just completely put a beating on them. Uh, the, the score isn't as as bad as the game actually was. Um, Minnesota, another team that's really struggling. That's our, our opponent after Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Minnesota is like one in five in league play now. Um, yeah, so, but Murray, I mean, he, I've seen a lot of comparisons uh, between him and Ron Harper Jr. in terms of their mm-hmm. streakiness and both like how dominant they can be, but how they can just fade away as well. Is that kind of what you see in Keegan Murray too? Uh, yeah, but that's a good comparison. Uh, he could he could definitely he's been playing well this season. Uh, I mean, Iowa as a team, they're just so efficient with everything they do. So I mean, if he's not going, they still have you know other guys who are you know great shooters who obviously you know can knock down shots. I mean, Rutgers is going to have to 
kind of kind of rebound well and not let them get you know second chance you know opportunities um again the turnovers you know i forgot to mention this Rutgers had a lot of turnovers against maryland in the first half they cut that they cut that down in the second half they're gonna have to do the same thing and they can't let iowa get out and run um you know iowa i mean obviously Rutgers is a better team at home so uh yeah well i mean we'll see how that plays out but yeah keegan murray has been phenomenal this season and um yeah i mean it's a big it's a big win i mean especially in january they have a you know Rutgers has really tough february coming up so they have to, you know, stack as many wins at the end of January here before, before, before you know, the next month hits. So, uh, yeah, like you said, they have Minnesota after that. They got and that, and that's another road game, which is going to be tough. So, uh, yeah, they got to stack up the road wins, stack up the wins in general in, in January before, you know, they have, you know, Illinois again and really a lot of other good teams in the conference coming up in February. So, yeah, they got to stack some wins here at the end of the month here. Yeah, this Iowa team's good. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Their tempo is like they're in top 40 in tempo for comparison. Rutgers is number 256 in tempo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah they're going to try to speed up the game and just try to get Rutgers fumbling the ball around, probably trying to create turnovers and stuff like that. And based on this season alone, if you look at the games Rutgers has had, it's mm-hmm. very possible that happens. Now, is Kiki Murray going to have to go off? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but they also have other guys. I know Chris Murray just put up a career game. Um, their last one against who was it Minnesota? I think it was. Yeah. So it's not like they don't have other dudes. They have guys that can score at will. Yeah. Um, it's a typical Iowa team that they're they're very good. They're top what number something in the country? Top ten, right? Uh, yeah, I think think top ten, like eight, maybe somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they're, they're still a very good team. They're they're no matter what, whether Murray's on or not, Bohannon will step in. McCaffrey, Murray, another Murray. Uh, I, I feel I feel like Bohannon and like and other guys have been there for like twenty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Bohannon is like their geo in, in a lot of ways, yeah, it's, both from true. the NL stuff and from yep. how long he's been there. Big season with the program, holy shit. Yep. And like he had a dip one year, and then just came right back up, and it's mm-hmm. consistent 10.9 per game. He's he's a good player. Um, I think this is gonna be a tough one for Rutgers, and then yep. the at Minnesota is gonna be even tougher. I don't know. I don't think Minnesota is uh, that good. Minnesota is yeah. just, I mean, they've lost, uh, I think, five of their first six Big Ten games. Like, yeah, obviously, the they've got a new coach. They brought in a lot of new guys. Yeah, I guess they're, they're only Big Ten wins against Michigan, but they did beat Pitt. They beat Michigan. They're, they're a very good defensive team, it looks like, numbers-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, it's, it's very much a team that will be uh, underdogs against, but it's a winnable game for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think that one's a lot more winnable than – this upcoming one yeah i i would agree with that with that uh, absolutely yeah this i mean Rutgers has beaten iowa in the past but it's always been you know super high scoring and um you know this season you you've seen it you know if if ron and geo aren't scoring Rutgers isn't isn't winning so I mean, yep. you know they're gonna have to show up you know you know i know i know paul mckee he's kind of streaky too he can you know he played well in the second half against maryland uh, but he's gonna have to do you know do the same i mean the guys are gonna have to keep up with iowa um, and th- and this is a good game, honestly. You know, Pico keeps keeps talking about it, of how you know he wants Rutgers to get to the rim, and you know if they if they get to the rim, they they could kick out, find open man, or they can you know right. drive and maybe you know create some foul problems in Iowa, which is going to help a ton. So they're going to have to do do something to kind of s- slow their offense down, and you know maybe keep keep some guys off the court, you know, with fouls and everything. Yeah, and I think that's play. the. 
Go on. I think, I think that was the biggest change of what happened in the second half. Gio became the primary ball handler and he was, he's the only guy on the team that's able to get penetration and either take a tough layup to the hoop or kick it out to an open shooter. And that, I mean, the whole offense felt like it was harmonious for the first time all season when he was able to just like get to the rim, dish it out, you know, get these easy, easy layups for, for Cliff and Paul, like, the offense looked like a real offense for the first time all season in the second half, which is I'm hoping what they continue to do moving forward. The only guy that plays that can do that. Yes. The only guy who plays that can do that. Needs to play something. It's pissing me off that you have a six, nine point guard at the seven, three wingspan average 25 a game throughout high school. Like that's not like this kid's not good. It just pisses me off that he doesn't play. Mm -hmm. I think Pike, I mean, if you look at who he plays, he values defense and effort over everything. And that's why a guy like Jalen Miller plays. And I don't know if Jaden Jones's defense is quite up to snuff yet. Like that's my, that's my, my only reason I can see him not being on the court more. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When you're know, struggling some games where you can't score at all, it's like, mm-hmm. just put the kid out there and you put him in for that two minute span and he goes, what, three of three, four, four, whatever it is. It's like, Oh, look at that weird. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe they'll they'll need him this game because you know Iowa scores a lot. They're gonna need some more scoring, so maybe maybe he does play more of this. But yeah, his his minutes have been a little questionable. Uh, but at the same time, the other guys who have been in have been playing playing really good defense. And I know I know Pico likes Pico likes his veteran guys too. So that's probably yep. maybe has something a little, a little to do with that. He, he you know he favors the older guys on the team. Explain yeah, yeah, I know. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that. I know that the the students are virtually uh, they're taking classes virtually for like the next two weeks, right? At yeah. Rutgers, mm-hmm. I'm hoping we still have a, a pretty big crowd for the game on uh, tomorrow night because this is a game that we need some rack magic to win. Um, we need that really intimidating home crowd, home court advantage. So I'm hoping it's a pretty full arena because if it is, I think we stand a really good chance to beat Iowa, um, mainly because it is a home game um, and it. I mean, how many times have we said this is a must-win game? I wouldn't quite put this game as a must-win. I, I'd say the Maryland game was a must-win. Uh, the Nebraska game is a must-win. The Michigan game is a must-win. There's going to be a lot of must-win games moving forward if this team wants to be a tournament team. So adding an Iowa win would definitely pad that that uh, must-win area a little bit, make it make it not so much of a, a, a playoff game feel every time you're out in the court. Well, I, I think we said it, that eight-game stretch – they're what one, two, they're three and one right now. So the next four is going to really determine where, where the season's going for sure. You lose to Iowa and Minnesota. It's I'd try wrap it up at that point. Um, if you can beat those two and, and you're going to have, yeah, then you're going to have to, you're going to have to go on a four game or five game win streak. Um, if you lose any of the next, if you lose two of the next five against Iowa, Minnesota, I guess if you lose those two, and it's, no, that's they're probably out. If they lose two of the next five. Mm-hmm. it's just that Lafayette loss is just a killer mm-hmm. and you got UMass to Paul and the Penn State loss isn't a good look either especially because you got you didn't get like a loss to Penn State you got blown out by Penn State yeah yeah um yeah I'd, I'd probably say that uh, if they lose two of the next five it's it's time to wrap it up and then yeah, I know that, that stretch after who <laughs> yeah I mean <laughs> even even Northwestern on February 1st that game looks a little tougher I mean they just beat you know, Michigan State, you know, on yeah, the they road went to well East Lansing. Yeah. yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, in East Lansing. Uh, yeah, but then after that, you got Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Illinois, Purdue, Michigan, Wisconsin, 
Indiana. So, I mean, they don't really have, you know, quote unquote, a break until March. So, you know, the whole month of February is, 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 is brutal. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the big 10, you know, East football schedule there. So it's brutal. So, yeah. you know, Rutgers is going to have to, like I said, you know, stack the wins at the end of the month here. And, um, you know, they got some obviously all, all winnable games here. So, yeah, they get, you know, they're gonna, yeah, like we just said, the losses, you know, early in the season hurt, hurt them, you know, in a, in a big way. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. They still have work to do, but they have, they have a chance to do it. It's kind of like Shiano says football, you know, they have a chance to write, you know, write the book, write the season. So they, they still have opportunity in front of them, but they have to cash in. It, it just sucks because if you get that DePaul one, the Lafayette mm-hmm. one, I'll even what, excuse the UMass one. If you get the DePaul and Lafayette, you're probably still talking tournament. Sure. I mean, but they're that, all close losses too. They just kind of yeah. they, they they blew the UMass game for sure. It's just a Q four loss outweighs that mm-hmm. Purdue win. I think, in my mm-hmm. opinion, especially when it comes to tournament time, they're gonna be like, "Oh, look at that loss! Ooh, look at that one! Ooh!" Yeah, like, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I mean, Purdue, Purdue. As long as Purdue keeps winning, it's it's big for Rutgers. I mean, they, no, no, I'm not. They, the I'm Illinois not, game yesterday was was crazy. It's just the uh, the Q four one just kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. the fact of everything, and that's just like. That threw you down the drain. Yeah, it's it's the net ranking. I know the NSA uses you know the, the net ranking as a big big factor determining teams, and that's going to give me yeah. that. So what are you going to do? But well, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. Yep. Yep. So pay attention. More to come on recruiting news. More to come on the basketball team. Uh, hopefully, and I cross my fingers on this one. Hopefully, the next time we're recording one of these, it is positive news to bring you guys. But uh, this has been another edition of the Night Report. Instant, instant reaction edition. You guys got anything else for the fans before we sign off? Chris? Uh, no, no. Not really, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, recruiting stuff all over the board. Junior day list, junior day reactions. Uh, Pacheco hula bowl highlights. Not mm. bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, shitty vision. Solid running back, like we always knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, we got a bunch of stuff on the boards. Check it out. Um, ton, ton of – Film room stuff. Uh, Rutgers just lost another off the field guy I saw, and Brett Arnold is going to Delaware. Uh, let's see, let's see. Max Martin, baseball signee, top 100 ranked kid by Baseball America. So baseball is on the rise. That's all I got. That's awesome. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. It's been another edition of the Night Report Podcast. Hi, Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.